Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets If you don't win your first bet, place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion, promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com podcast. That's Indeed.com podcast. Terms and conditions apply. That is something, by the way, that everybody could agree on. Mm-hmm. Like, I've done that piece in front of, I know conservative audiences and more liberal, and it people are screaming during the whole thing because it's like, we can all relate to that. And politicians on both sides are fucking us over. And you know, I mean, shit, man, maybe that's why politicians want to keep us so divided. Because if we actually got together in the same room and talked, we'd realize that we're all kind of being fucked over by the same shit. Let's go. Welcome to Citizen. We have a special guest today, Jamie Kilstein. Kilstein. Why is it, what's the difference between Steen and Stein? Nothing. Uh, I, I feel like bullies in uh, elementary school were so preoccupied with the girly first name that they just kind of let the last name slide. And anyone who would pronounce it semi-correctly, I was fine with it. <clears throat> this was before Jamie Lannister, of course. Yes. Who kind of uh, brought the name back yeah. a little bit. Yeah. You just got to like fuck your sister, kick a kid out sure, the window, yeah. well, and then it's like masculine again. He pushed him. He did. He also right. strangled his cousin. Yeah. But, you know, what the things we do for love, right? So Yeah, we <clears> believe <throat> in forgiveness and redemption on this show. Eh, not so much. <laughs> I, I, I I guess I do, but that doesn't expunge accountability. Sure. Um, so, I don't know why in my head. I think I just made it cooler in my head. He, like, push kicked the kid out the window. But you're right. He just kind of, like daintily shoved him out the window yeah he looked back over his shoulder and he said the things we do for love and pushed him out that's the window. right yeah that's right oh i forgot he had that good line though that's yeah than well my push kick. i remember it because the kid repeated it back to him in season seven or eight whatever right. the last season was um <clears throat> so 
You're f- somewhat familiar with this show, right? Yeah. No, no, no. I'm actually, uh, this is not just kissing your ass. I am a fan of it. Mm. Why? I feel like there are, um, I feel like there are so many shows right now that profit off of divisiveness. And mm. like me and you have been dragged into political shit. We talk about politics. Obviously, we have points of view and sides, mm-hmm. which is good and fine. That's better than apathy, right? But there's a difference between stating your opinion with an open mind while searching for solutions. Mm-hmm. And I'm just going to pick my side, blindly define my or defend my side, completely shit roast the other side, even when I like kind of agree with them, never question my side, and then let alone do things that the people on Twitter will never see, like you talk about like picking up trash. Mm-hmm. I've like quoted you on like a bazillion <clears throat> podcasts about that. Um just to make the world better where it's like, yeah, man, if we're not doing it for retweets, um, then it doesn't count. And by the way, I've been totally guilty of all of this. Like the first half of my life was that it was thinking I was helping people when in reality it was just for my ego for celebrities following me on Twitter. Mm -hmm. And I didn't think I was doing it because I'm like, but I'm doing it for a good reason. But you can totally get sucked into even doing altruistic things totally for you and for praise. Um, and I feel like this is finally a place where it can be like, Hey man, we can like disagree, but like, how can we make the world better? And it sounds so easy and cliche, but it's fucking super rare. Sure. Uh, yeah, I guess that's been going on for a while. Confirmation bias is nothing new. And, I think the the modern Western political climate is some confluence of confirmation bias and uh, a very narrow view of Ken selection, like how you decide who is and is not part of your group or tribe or family or whatever, right? Right. Um, <clears throat> and ultimately, this has been the case throughout all of human history. It seems to turn into um, the the more active and involved the people get the mob, I guess, if you want to call it that, mm. uh, the more likely it is that people get involved in hero worship or, you know, hero worship of an individual or of a party or something like that. Yeah, man. I mean, I was a grown ass man who considered myself, whatever, a political pundit or whatever. I made my living talking about that stuff. Mm-hmm. And I remember I would go on Twitter and when I saw something trending, I wouldn't go read, you know, the Washington Post account of the thing that would mm-hmm. happen. I would just look to see how the people I already followed and I already liked, how did they feel about it? And then my hot take wouldn't come off of the news article. It would come off of how my tribe already feels, right? So there's like a school shooting. I wouldn't read about what happened. I wouldn't read about, you know, if maybe the guy who stopped the shooter had a gun. I was an anti-gun left-wing guy. So whatever my people were already saying, I would just reframe it into some kind of joke. Oh, I guess people need guns because they have small dicks, blah, 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 whatever. Um, But not actually looking into what happened. And then what's so great and evil about Twitter is by the time you realize your narrative isn't even true. Mm. They've moved on to trying to fucking take out someone else and no one's even paying attention. There aren't, uh, uh, not redactions. There aren't like corrections that come. And if they do, it's kind of too late. And that was before the algorithms 
we're as bad as they are now, where even if you are trying to see outside of your tribe, you're just being shown the same fucking 10 people over mm-hmm. and over again anyway. Yeah, I mean, uh, why do you think that happens for people? I think like, well, for me, it was a combination of just, I was super depressed and I was mm-hmm. miserable and it's addicting. It's addicting like anything, sure. right? Um, uh, porn, food, drugs, whatever, like you're getting these dopamine rushes. Um, my friend Johan Hari wrote this book called Lost Connections, which is the only book that both Hillary Clinton and Tucker Carlson blurbed. So that kind of shows you there's not a political agenda. And it's all about how depression is on the rise because we've lost connections. So many of us think that, do you remember when we went to that fucking concert, how like almost tear felt happy I was? Mm-hmm. Cause I was like, is this what friends do? And it was legitimately because for so long, really until I moved to Austin, all of my friends were online and you tell yourself you have these tribes and you tell yourself you have people that have your back and you fucking don't. Um, We need real connection. And Twitter is this, I mean, it's essentially porn for friendship, right? Mm. Like you think that it feels good. It feels for a a millisecond. You're like, you're fucking a hot chick. And then you come and you're just like, oh God, why was I retweeting Sean King? Like, it's just suddenly like all that, like uh, the bubbles popped. So I think we're both, we're craving connection and we will also be fine with this artificial uh, metaverse, you know, universe of connection. And then you throw politics on top of it. And, you know, so for me, one, I was depressed. I was acting out. It was the only place I had real friends. Uh, Two, I think with politics, you feel like you're doing something for a cause. It feels more self-righteous. You know, you're not just gossiping about the Kardashians on Twitter. You are, you know, starting a movement. And... And it's fucking easy. Marching in the street is hard. A lot of what's wrong with our political system, like elections, uh, it's boring. Mm. Uh, And so you can feel really helpless, like you can't change anything, but you can scream at your aunt for three paragraphs on fucking Facebook. Yeah, but your aunt's a cunt, though, so it's like... (laughs) What are you going to (laughs) do? Yeah, but I mean, people literally, they'll spend all day doing that, and you go... And these are adults. Neil, are you fucking out of your mind? And it's because... That's the only place they feel heard and they're getting artificial validation from it. And then you add the fact that it's for a quote unquote cause. Yeah. Um, it's, it's you're it's you're moralizing, searching out your dopamine hit without actually doing any work. That's what which is uh, kind of upsetting. Yeah. It would be like if you were watching porn and you're like, I'm doing this for women yeah. to really like support sex workers. I mean, you're it makes sense from a, from a fight or flight standpoint to minimize your risk while still getting the dopamine hit uh, without actually having to uh, expose yourself to anything. Right. So if you were an animal and there was an abundant source of food that you didn't have to fight other animals for, I mean, maybe over time you become domesticated and now you're a little snout dog that can't breathe properly. You know what I mean? That's how like we've gone from dire wolves to Boston terriers over the course of 500 years. Totally. Uh, Which I like Boston terriers. I own two of them. Yes. But You know, probably not the best idea for a sentient, conscious, <laughs> community-based human being because sure. it does kind of uh, isolate you yeah. over time. Um, I wanted to ask you a question that kind of ties into all this that I just thought about. When you post, like, let's say clips mm-hmm. on Instagram or whatever, <clears throat> um, do you notice that? Because this is another thing. It's me and your job, mm-hmm. right? So as good as we can be outside of here, 
It's so like Cal Newport's a really good friend of mine, and he's the dude who he wrote Digital Minimalism and Deep Work, had that big TED talk about being off social media. And, you know, he goes on like Lex Friedman and Tim Ferriss's podcast all the time, and he always tells me I got to get off social media. It's so toxic. And then I always tell him, cool, get me on Tim Ferriss's show. And then when I'm famous and have a book deal, I promise I will delete Twitter forever. And but we talk about this a lot where a lot of times you are rewarded for shitty behavior. So like you with this show, I know the show's doing well, but when you post clips about, say, something you can do to make the world better mm. versus maybe, and and I the same thing happens to me when you're, let's say a drinking bros clip where you're just like shitting on someone, mm. do, the, do the positive, hey, let's go pick up trash ones ever do well, like comparatively? Because I feel like the system also makes it hard for you to, you know, if you tweet something about fucking uh, uh, Milo compared to if you're like, hey, I really liked the new Pinocchio movie. Like, which right. one do you think is going to do well? Uh, yeah, they I mean, challenging people doesn't typically go well. Right. <laughs> right. Because people don't like to be challenged. I mean, I don't either. Yes. Yeah. But um that's kind of the purpose. I, I would say that the entertainment portion is the uh, the lubricant or the alcohol that loosens up the social sphere so you can get driver point across. So it gets people – so the clips get people to the longer form. The longer form gets to the deeper message. Uh, I mean that would be preferable, but also I like saying funny shit and doing funny shit. So Same. I don't – like I'm not going to stop doing it. Right. Uh, and I don't think uh, – I, I don't think it would be appropriate – to do so. Well, I don't think you should either. I think both of those, you're right. I think that, um, you know, while standup has had challenges for me, like mentally, it's also the place where I can get in front of a room full of people who disagree with me and with a well-placed dick joke can mm -hmm. suddenly two jokes later have them clapping about bringing the country together. Right. And if I wasn't funny and if I was preachy, which by the way, old comedian version of me wasn't that funny and was very preachy, um, it, I, my tribe would clap for me. Sure, but yeah. who gives a shit if you're not actually changing people's minds? Yeah, that was a uh, comedy from 2016 until relatively recently. Yeah. It I was mean, it's all like Trump hate. Yeah. What I'm proud of, there aren't many things I'm proud of. And I'm proud of this because it just fucked me career wise is the trajectory of my comedy. So I started to kind of take off and be political after 9 11 in New York City, where like politics wasn't popular. Mm. Then. Um, Bush is out of office. Obama goes on. I'm being like applauded as this big liberal guy, but Obama was doing some of the same shit that I criticized Bush for. So when I got on Conan, I did a whole rant about drone strikes under Obama. Mm -hmm. uh, it was apparently the most complaints they ever got. And then Trump gets in office. Finally, being a political comedian is something that'll be rewarded. Mm -hmm. And I thought exactly what you thought. And I was like, fuck this. This is hacky. And for the first time in my life, I talked about like relationships. Mm -hmm. And I was like, I'm not going to be like, he's orange. Like that shit was so, you know, it's not punching down, but it was as hacky as the people on the left talk about punching down is. Yeah. I don't care about punching down. I punch no. in every possible direction. Punch just widely, yeah. like windmill arms. Yeah, yeah. man. Be funny. <clears throat> I mean, laughter. Look, at this point, everyone's so fucking miserable and that laughter, making jokes in general, no matter what it's about, what direction you're punching, it is an act of political defiance. Sure, yeah. Uh, yeah, It's. I think it's um, 
our tolerance for discomfort has grown so strong that you uh, that the potential for having any kind of like politically flexible or nuanced conversation is difficult for a lot of folks. Yep. Because if I sit here and listen to you, give your point of view, a lot of people will read that as my tacit endorsement of your point of view, which is not true. That's fucking stupid. No, you're being a grown up. Uh, Yeah. And it's, you know, that kind of virtue signaling. It's like, uh, obviously super dangerous for the discourse generally, but I think it's like the equivalent of taking a pill instead of working out or, eating right you know what i mean like totally you, you get a dopamine hit because you put a ukrainian flag in your bio and fucking said that trump sucks like oh, yeah good and you're like you. i pretty much saved ukraine yeah like, man i um you know and again i've done that before and it doesn't you know i've had people get mad at me I've been calling myself a bleeding heart centrist. I'm definitely leaning a little more conservative, but I'm in the center. Or maybe libertarian is a better way to put it. Well, I mean, it's reasonable when leftists are out of control to appear conservative, and it's reasonable when conservatives are out of control to appear leftist. Yeah, exactly. So, like, who knows? Maybe I'm still liberal, and I'm just like, you guys are fucking going crazy. Um, But I remember, you know, I lost a ton of fans when I was more liberal than I am now. But I went on Glenn Beck's show a couple times. Mm. And to me, look, me and you and your audience, we can have the conversation about talking to people who dis- you disagree with, all mm. that stuff. It's good for the country, blah, blah, blah. But let's say not even for this audience. Let's just say for your average lefty. When I had people canceling the Patreon or getting mad, I was trying to tell them, hey, you should be happy. Mm. You should be happy that someone who agrees with you is getting on a platform with a conservative who has millions of followers and talking about things you agree with. And if you, and by the way, getting Glenn to agree with that stuff, getting Glenn, uh, every time I would criticize the left, Mm. Glenn would jump in, which is why I like him so much, and he'd criticize the right for doing it. It's what you do too. And so isn't that a good thing? And if they don't care, that to me says you don't actually care about the cause. You're just treating this like sports. Yeah, you're just a t-shirt fan of a college at this point, which is kind of pathetic. That's exactly what it is. Instead of like, yeah, man, you should be thrilled. If there's some lefty who's going on a hardcore conservative show, how many people is he getting that message across to instead of just the usual bubble where you guys are just jerking each other off and being like, you know, whatever. Yeah, I'm not really interested in, in... Uh, echo chambers it just the second time i hear something it makes me mad right <laughs> um and i think to the point i've heard uh, you even on this show like someone who agrees with you and they will say something where they agree and then you'll push back on the thing you just agreed with which is great you're just asking yeah. questions about it. it's nothing like bad but it's like <clears throat> it's true exploration of an idea instead of just you know patting each other you sounded mad when i said i was a fan of the show that's Interesting. Uh, no, that's just me being awkward. Yeah, um, <laughs> you're like, prove it. Yeah, but the the point you're making, I think, healthcare is a. Con- I can have a conversation about healthcare with anybody from any political leaning, provided they're not a lunatic. Yeah, and convince them that their side is wrong. Right. Right. So the conservatives are wrong for this pull yourself up by your bootstraps idea that somehow in the richest country in the history of the world, you can be as healthy as you can afford to be seems uh, immoral to me. Yep. Right. 
Uh, but the idea that government should be in control of things is fucking stupid. Right. And it's, it's relatively easy to make both of those points. Yeah. Like, especially with healthcare. I mean, look at the, the all, all the problems with healthcare are very demonstrable in the data sense, but also in, everybody has their own anecdotal version of it. Yeah, like it's trying, evil. Trying to get onto the exchange for the first two weeks and it, the website didn't work. Right. That is that you couldn't have had a better example of government incompetence. Yeah. And then, you know, <clears throat> I was very critical of Obamacare when it first began because uh, it's just a handout to insurance companies. Like there's no, there's no additional benefit or healthcare involved there. Our bar was so low that the fact that he took away something so fucking evil as this pre-existing conditions or you know uh everyone on the left was like oh okay so i'm not gonna die if i have cancer mm -hmm. and uh, without yeah noticing that and, and that's why and if you criticize it because i remember being on the left and criticizing it for that reason mm -hmm. from the left and then liberals would get mad at you and they'd be like hey this is such a big deal like you know and then again they'd list some low bar thing like the pre-existing yeah. conditions um well, I had a friend that was running Obama's uh, Midwestern women's campaign during the reelection in 2012. Okay. And when he said uh, that he would not push back on the um, birth control thing, that he would allow exceptions or that the government would allow exceptions for religious organizations, she quit. Right. Um, and then she went to work for Hillary Clinton, which didn't make any sense to me because she's way worse You're, than Obama. Way worse. Hillary Clinton is a, is a war hawk centrist. Yep. She's the the same as her husband was, which is probably he was probably her puppet during that time in office, to be honest. But um, she's not the leftist that people make her out to be. She's an evil, egotistical piece of shit. Yep. And doesn't, it doesn't matter where it's it's so easy for people on the right who can see that because she's not on their side to be like, oh, she's just a crazy fucking liberal leftist. And you're pocketing people in places where they don't belong yep so when you go to have a conversation with somebody that might be more of a fan of her than yours and you start from this premise that is completely incorrect about who she is as a person then you're fucked like yep. she was against marriage equality yeah, voted dude. for iraq every single goddamn time all this stuff uh uh trashed the women who her husband raped yeah you know what i mean she in no way has she ever been uh a, a, a a friend to a the greater women population or the LGBT HBV or whatever the fuck. Yep. She's been a piece of shit. Warhawk blue dog Democrat, basically her entire career. Well, right now get up to 55% off your subscription. When you go to babble.com slash citizen, this holiday season, if you're looking for a unique gift that inspires curiosity, travel and culture, give yourself the gift of Babbel. Babbel is the language learning app that sold more than 10 million subscriptions. And thanks to Babbel's addictively fun and easy bite-sized language lessons, you'll finally be able to discover the wonder that comes with learning a new language. With Babbel, you only need 10 minutes a day to complete a lesson. So you can start having real-life conversations in a new language in as little as three weeks. Other language learning apps use AI for their lesson plans. Babbel lessons were created by over 150 language experts and voiced by real native speakers, not computers. Their teaching method has been scientifically proven to be effective, and with Babbel, you can choose from up to 14 different languages, including Spanish, French, Italian, and German. Plus, Babbel's speech recognition technology helps you improve your pronunciation and accent. There are so many ways to learn with Babbel, 
In addition to the lessons, you can access podcasts, games, videos, stories, and even live classes. And it comes with a 20-day money-back guarantee. So start your new language learning journey today with Babbel. Right now, get up to 55% off your subscription when you go to babbel.com slash citizen. That's babbel.com slash citizen for up to 55% off your subscription. Babbel, language for life. It's Citizen. We believe home should be where you and your family feel safest, especially over the holidays. This season, give yourself and your family the gift of peace and protection with the number one rated home security system, Simply Safe. And right now, Simply Safe is offering Citizen Podcast listeners 40% off a new security system. Here's why I love it it is the easiest thing in the world to set up. It's one thing to have great security systems, it's another thing entirely to be able to become an expert in the field and learn where to set things up and how and how all the technology works and all this other stuff. It could be very prohibitive for people who are trying to secure their home. Well, Simply Safe was named the best home security system of 22. Uh, 2022 rather by us news and world report for the third year in a row and it's because it's so easy when people vote on this stuff like security systems by and large can be very similar to one another but there are a couple of critical factors that make one better than the other in my opinion Uh, the first thing is the ease of setup as we have mentioned then there's the 24 7 professional monitoring service that costs you less than one dollar a day now this is an optional monitoring service but if you choose to uh, purchase it it's less than a dollar a day, less than half of what ADT's traditional professional install system costs. In an emergency, 24-7 professional monitoring agents use FastProtect technology exclusively from SimpliSafe to capture critical evidence and verify the threat is real, even if you're not home. And they have HD security cameras, sensors for every room, window, and door, smarter ways to detect motion that alert when the threat is real or when it's not, uh, not a threat at all. With a top-rated SimpliSafe app, Stay in complete control of your system anytime, anywhere. Arm or disarm, unlock for a guest, access your cameras, or adjust system settings. Don't miss your chance for massive Simply Safe savings on, on your favorite security system and mine. We've been talking about this thing for a very long time now. It's a great system. Get 40% off any new system at simplysafe.com slash citizen podcast. That's S-I-M-P-L-I-S-A-F-E dot com slash citizen podcast. There's no safe like Simply Safe. And then the left will completely <clears throat> lose any credibility when you say that criticizing her, especially when some of these issues do affect women, make you a sexist. Yeah. Where it's like, dude, you're making feminism look bad. You're making the Democratic Party look bad. And also it is so blatantly untrue that who the fuck's going to take you seriously yeah you know i feel like a lot of conservatives felt that way yeah it was really similar to trump where it was like you'd have these conservatives just white knuckling supporting trump just like these democrats white knuckling supporting hillary and it's like hey guys can we all come together and saying we royally fucked up if those two were our fucking options or if biden and kamala were a fucking option like we've messed up um and so to pretend suddenly you know, all these liberals supporting Kamala because she's a person of color, even though she locked up so many people of color. It's like, if you don't acknowledge that, you just come off as a liar. Yeah. Yeah, it's dis- it's very disingenuous. And, uh, you know, it's difficult to... Like, I like people that I can argue with because if an argument can last 
more than two or three rebuttals, then that person actually has a point of view. Sure. And we can unpack the point of view and probably come to some kind of consensus at some point, even if we agree to disagree on certain points. Well, man, I think a lot of it just has to do on a personal level, kind of getting outside of politics. I think a lot of it has to do with confidence. Like me and you have our, our, our mental hangups for sure, but you have to have confidence to be able to have these conversations with people who disagree with you. And I think a lot of these people, especially online, quite honestly, they're pussies. People mm. who spend all day online harassing people or whatever. It's like, oh, you've never been punched in the fucking face. You've mm. never done anything hard before. <laughs> you've never been in a room with people who disagree with you. And so you can act super self-righteous online and uh, uh, applaud yourself. But if you have confidence, then... Of course, you're going to want to talk to somebody who disagrees with you. Of course, you're going to want to argue. And you're also, most importantly, going to have the confidence to, if you're wrong, to say, oh, shit, I was wrong. Mm. Like, I bought, uh, I don't know if you know Jeff Gonzalez, but he brought me to buy my first gun. And he's one of the sheepdog guys. Mm. And I was an anti-gun guy. Mm. And the reason I was an anti-gun guy is because I only heard anti-gun stuff right we have you know school shootings no one's psyched about so you just kind of hear one side of that and you go all right well the problem is guns right and it was when i started meeting people and becoming friends with guys like you or tim kennedy who are just men i respect outside of politics and also have this wild wildly different point of view than i do and so i go okay well if if these are people who i respect outside of politics and they do these things in their everyday life that I would aspire to do. Maybe there's something I can fucking learn from them about this thing that I would assume we're enemies on. So then I just asked and sure. I go, hey, what would you do about school shootings? And they have solutions because, of course, they do because they're more experienced than me, an anti-gun fucking person who lived in Park Slope, Brooklyn. Mm. Um, and then once that happens, you you have to go, well, fuck, man, I didn't. I didn't know about what what do, you, what do they call it like the good neighbor thing. Like I didn't know the stats about neighborhoods being safer where there's open carry. I just mm. assumed the opposite. And you know, every left wing talking point is like, oh, you want you know a bunch of idiots in Texas with guns? Like they're just going to be shooting each other at bars and you know, blah blah blah. And then you meet the people with guns and you go, oh, okay. Or when I bought a gun, I just being like, all right, I'm going to be in here every week to practice because I didn't want to have a gun. He goes, and they're just encouraging you. They're like, good. We want responsible gun owners. We don't want these, you know, lunatics who never practice and just think they're going to, you know, stop a, a movie theater mm. shooting or whatever. But all it, all it took was having the confidence enough to get in the room with people who on paper, I thought I was going to wildly disagree with. You know, the first time I hung out with Tim, I was like, well, I guess we're about to hate each other. And now he's such an important part of my life. Um, but that was strictly from having the balls to go in a room and disagree with someone and then being able to look them in the face and be yeah. like, oh, I was wrong. Yeah, it's fine to have prejudicial bias. I think it's not something that you should persist with, but that you should expect yourself to do that because that's what your brain does. It's natural. Yeah, Your brain creates uh, a four-dimensional picture of a human being or even an idea in some regards uh, because that's what your brain does. It builds patterns, Yep. you know, but the, the critical part is being able to not only challenge the assumptions you, you and your brain have made, 
but to actually get involved in the conversation so that your your thoughts can be challenged by somebody else. Right. And I think that's super uncomfortable for people because they feel like <clears throat> I have no idea why the fuck this is the case. It's Freud would probably have plenty to say about this. Yeah. But everything, literally everything you know, you learned from somebody else. Yeah. And you were wrong about that thing all the way up until the point that you learned the right version of it. Right. That's true for everybody that's ever existed. Yep. And somehow that's like one of the biggest offenses, particularly men. Yeah. Take like if they, if you correct another man, they take that as some kind of slight or challenge right. to their fucking masculinity. Like, Coming for my wife. Like, no dude, this is just, we're just talking, bud. Yeah, man. Well, so a great example, especially with the man thing is jujitsu mm. is a lot of times the people who are the hardest to coach when they first walk into the door are jacked dudes who were good at another sport. Mm. And then a tiny hipster looking fuck like me, beats them up and the excuses start coming or you feel them using their strength or whatever. And if you walk into jujitsu or any combat sport and you have a natural <laughs> ability, right? So let's say you're just really big right. or you're really strong. Um, you can use that to make crumble white belts, yeah, to yeah. just beat up white belts, yeah. but you're not going to get good. Mm -hmm. Right. And your coaches will tell you, Hey, Use less strength, put yourself in bad positions, learn the technique, and you will get good. And that is the choice you're talking about with politics where they have that option where it's like, well, I can do the right thing. And that means being humbled. And that means tapping out to the girl. That means, you know, whatever, maybe looking dumb, feeling dumb, but I'm going to get good. Or I could just murder people for my ego, other white belts, you know, still getting my ass kicked by the technical blue belts, whatever, never get good and forever just be the strong white belt. And for me, you know, when I started seriously training jujitsu, it was at Marcelo Garcia's in New York, who's like the greatest of all time. I was a little older. It was after doing comedy for a while. So I was super out of shape and I did not submit one person mm. Until I got my fucking blue belt. Until the week before I got my blue belt. Which means that was a year and a half of me putting on a stupid white belt, paying money to get beat up like I have some BDSM fetish for a fucking year. But then mid-blue belt, because I learned from my mistakes, because I would ask questions after I got my ass kicked instead of hitting the mat or whatever, um, I started schooling everybody who would fuck me up, who I started with. And then my, like my, it, my growth increased at such a higher level once I got past that mm. kind of just like horrible, I'm just getting my ass kicked. And so, yeah, man, sometimes it feels good to just shout your talking points, even if you're wrong. And it would be humbling and suck. And you'd feel like you got your ass kicked if you accept defeat or spar against people who are better than you or who might know more than you, even if they're conservative or whatever, but you will become a better person. You mm. will grow more if you kind of take those lickings in the <laughs> beginning. Um, and then just fucking learn from it. Yeah. It's, this is 2000 year old philosophy, right? Epictetus said this, right? If you want to improve, be content to be thought foolish and stupid. Well, it's far less wordy than me. Um, yeah, well, he was Greek, so they had a lot of uh, butt sex to do. 
they gotta hustle, man. Yeah. We got we got boys to fuck. Yeah. Um. <clears throat> yeah. It's interesting how we somehow tie our identity. I, I think this is one of the issues. We we tie our identity to these beliefs that we have, and it's it's been a lot of different things over the years. It's been religion, um, and if you're looking for an example of that. Look at how religion affected the science community during the dark ages or or here in America with the witch trials and all that stupid shit. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> and fundamentalism, generally speaking, globally has been a, a problem since, you know, people have been around, really. Yeah. And now we've just transitioned from religion sometime in the 1950s or so it began to politics. Yep. Like every, during the Cold War, especially, so we were we knew that there was an antagonistic event going on, but who the enemy actually was was a bit murky. Yeah, you know I, mean, I mean, I've even heard pastors talk about this, where it's <laughs> like politics is the new religion. And look, anything in your life, whether it's Jesus, whether it's the Democratic Party, whether it's jujitsu, whatever, the temptation is to lash out at people outside of your tribe. But every one of those things should just make you better as a human. Mm. If I mean, if anything, you should be evangelical about it. Yeah. Like try to convince other people in, in a meaningful way that what you're saying is true. By you being a good example, right? right. So the people who will just scream at you, you're going to hell because you don't believe in Jesus. That's not really helping Jesus's cause, nor is it what he did. No, right? I, I think the same amount of people who have been converted from some asshole on the street telling them they're going to hell, there's probably the same amount of those people as there are women who have start, who have married dudes who just sent them random dick pics. Right. <laughs> it's the same group of people that can be convinced. <laughs> you're the dick pic of preachers. Yeah, yeah man. I mean, but it, it also it ties into the political thing where it's just... You're just going to scream at someone who disagrees with you instead of, by the way, doing what Jesus actually would have done, which is, or actually did, which is go talk to tax collectors, prostitutes, poor people, people who were actually thrown out of the church mm. or not wanted by the church and being like, hey, man, let's just all be cool to each other, right? And it's the same with politics. If some of my compassion came from liberalism, great. If some of my work ethic and toughness came from the conservative party, great. But if I'm trying to, which both of those things are true, by the way, mm. but if instead of just doing what Bruce Lee did, which is taking the best from all of these different combat sports and then disregarding what's useless, <clears throat> if instead I, you know, the old version of me, it's like, I have my tribe. So if you're not liberal, you're an Asshole. Or if I was, or if you're not Christian, you're going to hell. Or if you're not, you know, pro 2A, you're whatever it is. Um, let your viewpoints make you a better role model. Don't let them make you self-righteous and start alienating everyone else. You should be a good example. So people want to be like you. And then they fucking ask you, like I did with Tim. Like mm -hmm. I asked him about gun stuff. Mm -hmm. I asked, you know, I listened to your show for more of, uh, you know, whatever. I don't even know if you'd label yourself libertarian-ish uh, point of view. Dave Smith's a really good friend of mine and I'll always go to him for straight libertarian stuff. Um, because these are people I respect outside of Twitter. Yeah. I, I've seen how Dave backstage talks to his wife and kid and I go, oh, you're just a good guy. Mm. So why wouldn't I assume the best of you for this political thing I'm maybe iffy on in a tweet? 
Yeah, you have to wonder. I mean, it's it's th- this is what empathy really is. It's not just helping somebody that needs help. It's like being able to think like another person. That's the real key to yep. empathy. And um, you know, it's why social media has ruined the political discourse because there's not a whole lot of long form conversation on there. It's just bite sized. Yeah, fuck you. Yep. I mean, that's when you only have <clears throat> two hundred characters or so. Fuck you is a lot easier to say than how, why I came to the belief right. that I, that I have come to. Yeah. Mom emoji, eggplant emoji, cum yeah. emoji. And it doesn't do any, um, you're not actually doing anything, which is really fucking stupid. Well, I mean, actually what you're doing is you're probably solidifying their opinion of you maybe, yeah. in the first place. You know, you're probably just <clears throat> doubling down and make, cause even when I talk about Let's say I talk about a liberal issue in front of conservatives or a conservative issue in front of liberals on stage. Mm. There's no part of me that thinks if I'm really funny in front of an all conservative audience that they're going to go open up like a mom and pop abortion stand. Right. But maybe the next time one of their friends is like, man, all liberals are pussy cucks. They're going to be like, I don't know. I saw this one comic Mm. and he was really funny and he made fun of the left. And like all you're trying to do is just open pathways for conversation. Yeah. This episode is brought to you by BlackRifleCoffee.com. Get 20% off your first order with the code CITIZEN. Black Rifle Coffee is the best coffee company in the world. They're our buddies. But we're not just saying that. We also are customers. Join the Black Rifle Coffee Club and get fresh roasted freedom delivered straight to your door. Black Rifle Coffee Company is veteran-operated and supports America's military law enforcement and first responders, not just by saying they do, which is what a lot of companies do, but they actually do it. They give you the best coffee, and they also send coffee to uh, to these guys on the front lines, the people that support uh, support us. So get premium coffee delivered every month. Choose your favorite roast, whether you like light, dark, or medium. Choose the grind. Whether you want ground coffee, uh, whole beans, so you can ground it yourself, which is what I recommend. Or coffee rounds if you're in an office or something like that and you need uh, Keurig. You can also choose your delivery schedule and it'll come to you anytime you like. Members also get free shipping and access to exclusive partner discounts. Get 20% off your first order with the code CITIZEN. Go to BlackRifleCoffee.com and get those deals today. Next up is GhostBed. GhostBed.com forward slash Bros right now. GhostBed is offering a 40% off GhostBed bundle where you get a mattress and an adjustable base. So you don't need a code for that. You just add the mattress and the adjustable base uh, and it'll apply auto-apply 40% off. And then anything else you add to that order, also 40% off. For everything else, you can use the code DRINKINGBROS at ghostbed.com forward slash DRINKINGBROS and you're going to get 30% off everything on the site. Now they have the best sheets, mattresses, pillows, covers, all this stuff. You can get all you can get an entire bedroom suite here and you can get it all for 30% off a month. But wait, there's more. You can buy a mattress for about you can buy the whole thing for about 35 bucks a month because they have a zero down, 0% financing plan that extends out to 60 months. That's 5 years. Which is about the amount of time that a bedroom suite lasts. So that's a great deal, folks. Go check it out at ghostbed.com forward slash drink it bros. Yeah. And it's, uh, I, it's like in math class, the reason that you show your work when you're doing a math problem is so that if you 
come to the wrong conclusion, you could go back and find where you made the mistake. Yeah. And you can't really do that if you don't have the conversation. If you just stick to talking points, if it's 240 characters, it's there's not a whole lot to be done there. And it's, uh, you know, I think this is why we have transitioned over the past 20 years of social media from being rooted in some kind of fundamental logic of some sort and, and the scientific method even um, to a place where we've, <laughs> we've, we've convinced people somehow, or we've convinced ourselves <clears throat> that our lived experience is an objective reality for everybody else, right? which is not true. That's the opposite of empathy. That's as ignorant as you could be. Right. Um, but it doesn't help either if you're somebody that is thoughtful and logical and to immediately dismiss somebody else's worldview. Right. You know what I mean? Because if, if you think about it, it's essentially affinity based marketing. I'm trying to meet this person at the intersection of their interest in my product and their interest, generally speaking, right. whatever it happened to be. So I, we sell hard seltzer. I put it in front of uh, college football fans seems to work out pretty well because yep. they like to drink. They're also getting to the age where they, you know, don't want to fucking, drink 10 beers and gain five pounds over the weekend. That's me. So yeah, it helps a lot to be able to be empathetic like that and understand people in it. But it's in this case, you're marketing ideas and not products. Right. And that's what you, if you're a person that cares about your community and uh, your country, you are, you're a marketer for good ideas. Right. Ultimately at the end of the day, like sometimes we got to fight. Sometimes we have to build. Sometimes we have to tear shit up, but no matter what you're doing, how you do something is how you do everything. Yeah. You know what I mean? And, and we've, we've made a lot of mistakes and it's, it's very rarely people call themselves <clears throat> centrist and say, Oh, I'm, I'm in the middle. Um, and I think a lot of folks confuse that to mean that the truth is somewhere between what a conservative thinks and what a liberal thinks. And sometimes that is true, but more, more often it's that, one side is more right than the other. Yeah. Right. On this particular issue. But that doesn't mean all the other issues that they talk about, they're correct about. Well, and also when you look at, I think the term centrist seems so gross because when you are talking about a centrist in Washington, mm. it's usually the Hillary Clinton types. Yeah. And it's like, whereas. A well, it's all the worst from both sides. Exactly. You know I mean? the, and it's the, all, and it's, it's usually the most corporate. Yeah. And whereas, by the way, I don't know if you know this or not, but she's her multiple campaign started with her 2000 uh, senatorial campaign has taken more money from pharmaceutical companies than any other candidate for any office sure. in the history of this country. I'm sure. I mean, we could probably <clears throat> house all homeless people around the world with as much as that delusional lady has spent on trying to be the most powerful woman in the sure, world. Yeah. Um, it's so gross when we think about how much money we spend and yeah, where that money is is coming from. That's why I was bringing up healthcare because uh, about 20% or so of the money that we collectively as a country spend on healthcare are for administrative fees for insurance companies. Ah, ah. Dennis Miller has been making this point since 2004. We have this 100% of all the money we're going to spend on healthcare, and we give 20% of it to these people that don't actually provide any service. Right. And when the Affordable Care Act came out, or when, when they first started talking about it from in the 2009 period, I was like, all right, this might be something. Like, you can, there's a couple of things you can do here. One is get rid of the pre existing conditions bullshit. Uh, two is 
make healthcare more affordable yeah. for people. So it's like, <clears throat> if I can, if I can afford to pay a little more, maybe I do, but if the government is going to get involved, it should get involved in so far as it stops drug companies from gouging the fuck out of us. It stops hospitals. Them, yeah. It stops corporate hospitals from charging you 30 bucks for a Tylenol. Yeah. That's what you could have done. But yep. instead you just formalized and solidified the 20% grift. Yeah. That's all it did. Yeah. I have a, a new. And 83% of all privately filed bankruptcies are because of unpaid medical expenses. 83%. I, my newest piece of standup that I actually like is a four minute breathless, violent rant against the health insurance companies. And it's so long winded. I just read it. Like I haven't even memorized it yet. It was the most angry I've ever written anything. And yeah, it was me trying to get health. It, it, I, I wrote it when I was trying to get health insurance. Mm. And that is something, by the way, that everybody could agree on. Mm. Like I've done that piece in front of I know conservative audiences and more liberal and it people are screaming during the whole thing because it's like we can all relate to that and politicians on both sides are fucking us over and you know I mean shit man maybe that's why politicians want to keep us so divided <clears throat> because if we actually got together in the same room and talked we'd realize that we're all kind of being fucked over by yeah. the same shit well there's an old anecdote uh a guy who sold slaves from uh from asia i believe to romans back in the day i can't remember where i read this but he was uh it was somebody in the roman senate he was selling them slaves and as soon as the transition or that i'm sorry the transfer takes place the uh <clears throat> the roman guy removes their collar okay. right and they're like, why do you do that? He's like, well, we don't let we don't have slaves wear collars here. He's like, well, why not? He goes, because if they looked around and saw how many of them there were and how few of us there were, then this would never work. Oh. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it's like, yeah, of course that's why they're doing it. Right. It's all about it's about consolidating and maintaining power. If there's no reason for their power to exist, then people will stop believing in it. And like Tinkerbell governmental power only exists if the people believe in it right like there's even the mob like if you don't this is what rome really figured out it's why gladiatorial arts became a thing like if you can control and placate the mob you can do whatever the fuck you want that's it and twitter is just a modern gladiatorial arena yeah yeah but and everybody's a fucking pussy you know what i mean so that's the thing yeah well there there's no there's no physical consequences mm -hmm. um which I, I, I honestly think one of the things that saved me for my mental health and also just getting me out of all that is that I've fought for so long where it's like there's accountability mm. if you fuck up. Um, and there is part of me that really, really wishes that the majority of people would either train, know what that's like, or just get smacked in the fucking face for talking shit. <clears throat> I mean, they would be better off for it. Yeah. No, it's not even like, uh, like, haha, I want them to get what's theirs. It's like, yeah. no, I want you to become a better person because yeah. you're clearly fucking miserable. It's not punitive. I mean, that's one of the problems we're having. We, we talked about it earlier with uh, getting the dopamine hit while minimizing exposure or effort. But this is the opposite of that, right? It's like, even though you don't want to do something when you do it, you feel a sense of accomplishment. And there's all kinds of different psychological studies on this. Um, maybe the most salient is uh, the Ikea effect. Mm. 
Yeah. Which is where you receive something 80% assembled and then you assemble the last 20% and you have a greater sense of ownership. And then even though you just assembled it, right. That's, so funny. That's a real thing. Yeah. Um, Swedes. <clears throat> well, meatballs, but I, uh, yeah, that that's a real thing, and it's something that we've lost is associating reward with effort. Yeah. Now there's the expectation of reward um, because that's what I expect, and if it doesn't happen, then life isn't fair. Well, you're right. Life is not fair. Yeah. I mean, I can tell you as someone who was all the bad things we talked about up until, like, I don't know a little before quarantine. <laughs> um, it's, it's really hard making these changes later in life. And when I'm depressed, I'll get down on myself mm -hmm. for sure. And be like, man, I wish I fucking found this stuff when I was younger and was either less selfish or did harder things or, you know, talk to people who disagreed with me or just <laughs> became friends with conservatives and got a gun, like all these things. But, even though it's really hard for me right now because I'm making a lot of transitions from things like, you know, not hooking up with a girl, even though it would be fine and it would make us both feel better for a night, like, because I know I want a relationship. So waiting for that to, yeah, like just being much more disciplined, hanging out with, with guys like Tim, um, these are really hard adjustments going down to the stand-up clubs where I would just get drunk and hook up and do a show and get applauded by hundreds of people. That's not really what I want anymore. My values are changing and it's fucking, it's confusing. I'm cutting out a lot of people and I'm adding a lot of people. Even with all of that, with my brain being completely scrambled, like refiguring out who I am as a man at fucking 40, I still wake up and go to sleep happier every night mm. because I don't have that. I still have a ton of guilt and shame from like past stuff, but I wake up every day knowing that I'm trying my best in the day before, like compared to where I was, this is where I should be. Um, but it's a lot, man. It is, it's, it's hard. It's way harder to be a, in the short term. It's way harder to be a, a better person than it, it's easy to be a shitbag. Mm. It's easy, dude. Even like, um, I was talking to a, a girlfriend of mine the other night who's like a big a porn actress. And I was venting to her where um, there was a girl that I said no to hooking up with nicely. But I was like, hey, I think you probably want something more. I don't think this will be fair. I don't want to hurt you. And briefly, I talked her down. Thank God. Briefly, she was pissed at me. And I had that thought where I'm like, God, would it have just been easier to fuck her and then ghost her? Mm. Because... <clears throat> women are just used to that. And it's like, oh, that's just a guy being a guy. Mm. Whereas now I'm having like a breakup conversation with a girl I just met on Instagram. Yeah. And this seems like a fucking waste of the day. But you gotta just kind of like take a deep breath and and know that while it is harder to do the harder thing or whatever, um, it's gonna pay off in the long run. I fucking hope so. Or at least you can know that you took the, the high road. Yeah. Well, I mean, I regret and anxiety are probably the two most pointless emotions you can feel in my opinion it's like please go on because uh, those are uh those two are that those are my jam so the dalai lama said once i'm paraphrasing but uh there's only two days in a year that nothing can be done yesterday and tomorrow mm. right mm. so it's like you 
the 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 swell of regret that you feel must immediately be absorbed and turned into some kind of uh, retributive purpose. Right. Like you have to. If if you just feel the regret, then it becomes punitive, and in that way, it's not useful for you. But if you absorb the the regret and say, you know what, I'm gonna make better decisions or whatever the fuck else, yeah, <clears throat> that helps. No, that's a that's a really good point. So it's like I had this affair that torpedoed my life ten years ago, and if I just went, you're a piece of shit, you're a piece of shit every day, nothing. But if I can use that to be like, well, I'm not gonna. Not going to do that again. Mm. <laughs> like, at least now we're getting something out of it. Um, when the shame creeps up, you have to. And, you know, especially with social media and cancel culture and stuff like that, you have to remind yourself who <laughs> you are now. Because some fucking rando on Instagram, they could say who they think you mm. are. And not letting, not absorbing that and just being like, hey, man, I know the man I am now. I know who I'm trying to be. Um, it, but it takes practice, you know, like anything. Because it's easy it's easy to shame spiral. And I actually, here's something I've started doing because of this show. It's like half you, half Jesus. So good work being in that group. Um, uh, good work on his part. And yeah, both of you guys. Well, I mean, it's a, I think you're, it's a compliment more for him than me. <laughs> yeah, yeah, sure. But like I started, <clears throat> um, it started with picking up trash, which mm. I don't know why I didn't do that. Even when I was like a lefty environmentalist, I just felt like kind of gross, but mm. you use that example a lot. But then you know, I heard people complain so much about everyone's complaining about the homeless problem in Austin, which is really bad. And I was like, I'm just going to start making food and like mm. going down there. And uh, so I've done it the last I've done it like three times now in the last two weeks and have become like friends with mm. a lot of these guys. And I was having a conversation with this guy, Cody. He's in a wheelchair. He's kicked heroin for two months. He's a vet. And he was talking about how he beats himself up a lot. Mm -hmm. And, and, and this ties into what we were talking about. There's a difference between holding yourself accountable and growing, which is good. And that's what you were talking about. But if you do the other thing we were talking about, if you just spiral in shame and beat yourself up, even though it could feel it's sort of masking itself as, you know, mm -hmm. accountability or discipline, that self hate is so brutal that it'll actually drive you back to the bad habit, right? Mm -hmm. Like if you're dieting and you're just like, don't be a fat piece of shit, mm -hmm. you're gonna feel like a piece of shit. And what does a fat piece of shit do? Goes and eats whatever they want because sure, they're yeah. hating themselves. And so you have to find a way to balance that discipline. I think it was like, I don't know, anytime I don't know a quote, I just say it's Brene Brown whenever it's like a self-helpy quote. But there's this one quote I heard where it was like, talk to yourself like you would talk to someone you love because if I talk to someone I love the way I talk to myself, I would go to fucking jail. If I was just like, you piece of shit, what the fuck are you doing? If I was talking to like my mom that way, I'd be locked up. I'm so mean to myself and we're so mean to ourselves. And I think that sometimes we think it's, no, I'm just being like David Goggins. I'm just being hard. I'm just being, you know, tough. But I think you can be that kind of tough and you can be driven and you can want to improve yourself without also being like, I'm a piece of garbage. Because if you think you're a piece of garbage, you're going to go do garbage shit. Yeah, I guess maybe it's like uh, mental broken window theory. Yeah. You know? um, <clears throat> yeah, these I, I I'm always surprised at how these motivational types 
become so popular. It doesn't make a lot of sense to me. Yeah. Maybe that's a disconnect from my perspective, but they sell millions and millions of dollars worth of books and shit. And, um, yeah, that, I don't know. It doesn't make a lot of sense. Well, People are desperate because I remember I started (laughs) reading a bunch of that stuff over quarantine. So like right before quarantine, um, my cat died and then my girlfriend left. And then quarantine happened. Mm-hmm. And it was the first year I was ever single. I was talking to my dad about this the other day. And he was like, yeah, you finally listened to my advice. And I'm like, no, I didn't. It was a global pandemic. Yeah. It was God is the only reason I wasn't codependent for a year. And so I was like, okay, I'm going to do the fucking just sad, unsexy, divorced guy version of Eat, Pray, Love. And I was like, I'm going to find myself. And I started meditating and going out to the woods and doing psilocybin and – um and the first place I looked, because spirituality and religion always weirded me out, that before I dug into Buddhism or certainly Jesus stuff, I um, yeah, I just bought self-help because it mm. seems like this sort of secular <clears throat> version. And for me, it was that, dude, you get addicted. Same deal with everything we talked about is I'll be a chapter into one and they quote, you know, let's say Brene Brown quotes Tony Robbins. I go, oh, I got to buy that Tony mm. Robbins book. And you buy it the same way, this is for the jujitsu people listening again, when all the white belts are just spending hundreds of dollars on instructional videos, but they are going to the gym twice a week and they don't know how to escape from side control. Mm. It's like you think that the sort of easy secret is going to be in this instructional video or like this is going to be the book that helps me. And dude, half those books, I didn't retain anything. I didn't take notes. I don't know if I put anything into practice, but while you're reading it, you're just going, I am bettering myself. But mm. the bottom line is you got to do the hard thing and you got to go out and get out of your co- – you know how many times I talked about the homeless or attacked conservatives for being what I saw as not compassionate to homeless? And again, now at age 40 is the first time – I gave money. I was always nice to homeless mm. people. This is the first time I've ever fed them. This is yeah. the first time I ever bought them clothes. This is the first time I ever fucking asked one of their names, which I think is almost more important. Um and that took me to 40 years old while meanwhile, I, I'm sure I have plenty of tweets being like, if you don't care about the homeless, you're a piece of shit, whatever. And yeah, man, it's a lot harder to go out in a sketchy neighborhood and get rejected and have some guys look at you and they're like, I want fucking drugs, dude. I don't want your stupid sandwich. And you feel dumb and you want to get angry at them. And there's all these emotions. And I still get to go home to like a warm fucking place. Um, it's much harder but it's actually doing the work. Yeah. Jesus' brother said that actually. I believe uh faith without works is dead is the is the actual quote. That's it. Yeah. Um but yeah, it's uh how do you so I this is why I don't criticize activists without first considering their point because I think um <clears throat> just because you don't like or appreciate the way somebody goes about trying to get involved in a solution because um, a lot of the time it's virtue signaling or just pedantic yeah. nonsense. Uh, <laughs> right. But that doesn't mean that the problem doesn't exist. Right, man. You know? So for a very long time, liberals in America have tried to deal with social issues, whether it be uh, marriage equality shit or civil rights, generally speaking, or homelessness or inner city poverty and because conservatives didn't appreciate the way they went about it they tuned out of that whole conversation 
And if you dismiss yourself from a conversation about policy in your community, then, uh, well, I guess I can just quote Plato here. If you f- refuse to take part in your own governing, then you're doomed to be ruled by fools, right? Um, so it doesn't do you any, doesn't do you or your cause any good to take your ball and go home. Yeah. Just because you don't like Antifa. If I had the opportunity, I would smash each one of them into pieces individually, which again, that's taking action. Yeah. But (laughs) wouldn't do, wouldn't really accomplish any goal. So, you know, I'm not going to do that, but to, uh, what, what is the root cause of the complaint? A lot of youth in America are disaffected by the way that the corporate structure confluence with government has robbed them of their agency and identity and their ability to fucking create upward mobility for themselves. Yeah. That is exactly what's going on in the inner city. Yep. Right. And the conservatives would say to those Pacific Northwest white kids, uh, why don't you just start a business? And that message never got packaged and carried into the inner cities in America because conservatives didn't have the temerity to go there because they thought they weren't wanted. Right. Or whatever. That's not the answer, man. I um, I've said this on other shows before, but it's just it's such a good example, and I, I I really like to give. I quoted you on my podcast with Tim Kennedy, and I've quoted you with Glenn Beck. Your trash quote I quote on all the podcasts, mm-hmm. and this Tim Kennedy story I quote. So the Tim Kennedy one was when I only knew him from UFC stuff. Um, I went to follow his Instagram, and I go, "Oh Jesus, this guy's." Just- fucking right wing as you can get. We are not going to get along. Somehow, a couple months later, we end up podcasting together. We got along. He invited me to do one of the sheepdog courses, mm-hmm. which if you guys don't know, sheepdog responds to Which one? It. Protector one? Probably. It was protector one, yeah. yeah. And so it, it, it's situational awareness, firearms or defensive firearms, uh, grappling, so basic self-defense grappling, and then grappling with weapons, mm-hmm. which I've never done before. Fucking rude. <clears throat> and... You know, when I first showed up, I was like, oh, these are all the guys I've yelled at at Twitter. Like, I was really nervous. And, like, I sat in the back. And me and one of my girlfriends from jiu-jitsu went together. And um, I remember – and the course was great. The instructors are all friends of mine now. And, um, and I remember I went up to Tim at the end where I go, hey, man, like, I'm going to promote this, um, you know, obviously as a thank you, blah, blah, blah. And he goes, oh, I don't need – another white guy promoting this. There were no cameras. Mm. We weren't filming anything. And I go, what do you mean? And he's like, I don't just need this to look like a militia. (laughs) He made some joke and he's like, I want women, Mm. Jews, Muslims, LGBT people. I want people who are victimized in here. And it was that moment. And I had already unfollowed him on Instagram because I'm like too conservative. It was this moment where I was like, fuck dude, Compared to all of my woke journalist friends who spent all day trashing conservatives online, if they saw a gay dude get beat, getting beat up, who do you think is going to run to protect that gay guy? You and Tim or them? Like, no fucking way are they going to do anything. No fucking way are they going to go hands-on. They're going to tweet about it later and make it about them. And to me, I was just like, dude, you doing that for those communities – is more than I ever did for those communities. And I just assumed wrongly that you would be like against them. And I think like that's this perfect example of not only was he not what I thought he was, but he was actually doing a better job than the people that I was aligning myself with. Yeah, he operates from this premise. And uh, 
not just Tim, but a lot of our buddies that uh, <clears throat> it's kind of a bastardization of teach a man to fish, but it goes something like fight for a man and he'll be protected today. Teach him how to fight. And not only is he protected, but now he can protect others. That's it. Right. For sure. And it's a problem, right? That we think we want to fucking, we want to edge up to an issue, blurt out our fucking thoughts on it, <laughs> spike the football and walk away. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Which is like, I don't know. I, I, I assume that, <clears throat> that that's social media and the media in general, just having heard debates over the years from political candidates and stuff. It's not, it's not new. No, well, the, sure. I mean, media was essentially doing what social media was doing before social media blew up mm -hmm. where MSNBC had their talking points. Fox news had their talking points. I mean, I mean for, forget about cable news. And, and look at the campaign. Look at uh, FDR's first and second campaign for president. Yeah, it was particularly bad. Yeah, and uh, or I don't look know at, much about it. Look at Rutherford B. Hayes' successful run for president that Western Union and the Associated Press essentially helped him steal. You know what I mean? Yeah, like these things have been going on a lot longer than just social media. I think it just became the average person didn't think like that. Right. And they weren't privy to what was going on behind the scenes, so they thought everything was happening in good faith. Yeah. Uh, and then once social media started, and I think people are still shocked right now about how nobody operates in good faith anymore. Yeah. You know what I mean? I think it, it's, uh, frankly, I think that is the divide between not the political parties, but people of differing political beliefs. Well, and I even still catch myself. I've talked shit this entire hour, but like I still have to catch myself where if something happens in the news on Tuesday and I have a little more left-wing point of view on it, mm. but I did Glenn Beck show on Monday and I go, I just got like a thousand new followers. This is going to be the first thing they see. And it's like, it doesn't matter if it's something I believe and I can say it in an authentic way. That's true to me. That's also open for pushback. Mm then fucking tweet it, dude. Yeah. Um, or shut the fuck up till you learn more about it. And then maybe your opinion is going to change by tomorrow, which is usually the case, right? Like, I mean, look at the shooting that just happened in Colorado Springs. How many suddenly every half an hour, there was just like a new thing added that completely contradicted <coughs> the narrative of some mm -hmm. political group that tried to own it for their own the day before. Well, you're not hearing too much in the media about that now. It went away or, very fast. Or the kid in, uh, or that dumb dumb uh, in Virginia. Who shot up his employees? Oh yeah, was at that Walmart. the Walmart one? Yeah, yeah. I, I I didn't hear any follow up on that. Yeah, he's a black dude, so it's not news. So it went away, right? right. Which is, I think is the the whole gun. Maj Tori talks about this all the time, but uh, gun control began racist. Yeah, back in yeah. the day, like that was the whole point was yep. to keep black people from getting guns, and uh, persist today oh yeah entirely racist when the black panthers had guns they were like maybe we do yeah. something about this two percent of less than two percent of gun crimes murders specifically are committed with rifles of any kind much less what these retards call assault rifles which is not a right. thing and by the way these are statistics <clears throat> that most people on the other side they just don't know like well, if they don't know it at this point, that's kind of on them to be honest because 70 percent of gun murders happen with handguns in inner cities right right so it's like we we are leaving a very large portion of our population behind. Well, and this, this is regard. an example where it's like instead of not talking about it, it's like if you want to help these communities, you have to be honest about it. You have to be honest if a shooter 
is transgender or non-binary. You have to be honest if a shooter is black. You have to be honest if the guy who stopped the shooting was a white dude with a gun. Mm. You know, like, because when we're actually honest about the facts, then we can come up with solutions. But instead, it just turns into, you know, ha ha. It, it turned out that this person was non-binary. And it's like, well, cool. But a bunch of people still fucking died. And by the way, the left was doing it before. Ha ha. Look, another shooting. It's all these right wing pundits mm. who are demonizing, you know, the trans community or whatever. And it should be so fucking simple to be like, hey, all murders bad. Right. Like like if you're shooting up a place, it's bad, whether mm. you're white, black, non-binary, fucking, you know, in a wheelchair, whatever. I mean, if you're in a wheelchair and you pull it off, good for you. Um, if uh, uh, no matter who the shooter is, mm. bad, no matter who the victims are, fucking sad that if you are putting on sexual events for kids, bad. If you are just a normal suburban gay person, you're probably not a fucking groomer and you're just trying to live your life like you can hit things with nuance, mm. um, but you don't profit off of nuance and you don't get retweets that way. Yeah. Unfortunately, that is the case. Um, but what are you going to do? You know? Yeah. Drive on. Keep doing this stuff. Yeah. Well, this has been fun. I uh, appreciate you coming today. Thanks, man. Can I promote my little podcast? Yeah. You got to uh, come on that, by the way. Yeah. Um, Jesse's been on it a couple <clears> times. Uh, so I have a new, it's a mental health comedy podcast. Uh, it's called Advice Not Taken. It is uh, uh, mental health and political stuff, but not from a self-righteous point of view, knowing that like most I'm going through the problems still. Uh, it's not a Tony mm. Robbins thing where I'm like, if you want to feel better, use your cold plunge and then go like, I'm I'm still fucking figuring it all out. So advice not taken. You can go to jamiekelseypodcast.com or just search advice not taken on Spotify or iTunes and then uh, make my Twitter and Instagram a little less toxic. Uh, my Twitter is at Jamie Kilstein and my Instagram is at the Jamie Kilstein. Sweet. Well, I appreciate you coming today. Dude, I appreciate the show. For yeah, it's real. been fun. Thanks for having me on. Uh, appreciate you all for listening. This has been Citizen. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet, place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion, promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Cashback is not available on gas in New Jersey and Wisconsin. Hey, good morning. You're heading to the airport, right? Yeah, thanks for checking. I like the car. How long have you been a rideshare driver? About three years now. I really enjoy it. Isn't it hard to make money these days with the price of gas being so high? Not for me. I use Upside, the free app that gives you cash back for every gallon of gas you buy. Wait a minute. Are you saying you actually get real money back when you get gas with the Upside app? Yep, I get real cash back every time I get gas. Does that actually add up to anything? I'll make around $200 to $300. Wow, that's serious 
extra cash. I'm downloading the Upside app now. Download the free Upside app now to earn real cash back every time you buy gas. Use promo code CAR for an extra 25 cents a gallon bonus on your first tank. You can cash out anytime right to your bank account, PayPal, or a gift card for Amazon and other brands. Just download the free Upside app and use promo code CAR for a 25 cents a gallon bonus on your first tank. That's code CAR.